3 a.m. Tales of Terror contains explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. And welcome to 3 a.m. Tales of Terror, where we tell you stories of the paranormal. I'm your host, Jamie. And I'm your co-host, Charlie. And in today's episode, we're going to be telling you the story of the Whaley House in San Diego, California. And I love this house because, I don't know, I just like learning about it. And I, I, I don't remember... <laughs> I have a problem where I don't look up pictures of the house. We just talked about that <laughs> like, last night. Yeah. I was like, I don't look up pictures of the stories before I actually do them, but I have heard about the Whaley House and I know like another podcast that I listen to has talked about it and it's really cool. So, but we're going to just jump right into it. Ready? Yep. Okay. The Whaley House is an 1857 Greek Revival style residence, a California historical landmark and museum located in Old Town, San Diego, California. It is currently maintained by Historic Tours of America. It is the oldest brick structure in Southern California. The Whaley House was the home of Thomas Whaley and his family. At various times, it also housed Whaley's General Store, San Diego's second county courthouse, and the first commercial theater in San Diego. The house has, quote, witnessed more history than any other building in the city. Thomas Whaley, of Scots-Irish origin, was born on October 5th, 1823, in New York City, the seventh child in a family of ten. That's too many children. Yeah. (laughs) Whaley took over his father's successful business relations, then left New York on January 1st, 1849. He traveled to San Francisco during the California Gold Rush, where he engaged in business. He then went to San Diego in September of 1851 Two years later, Whaley went back to New York and married Anna Eloise Delaunay on August 14, 1853. Together, they returned to California, arriving in San Diego on December 7, 1853. On August 22, 1857, the Whaleys moved into their new home, now known as the Whaley House. Thomas and Anna Whaley had six children, Francis Hinton in 1854, Thomas Whaley Jr. in 1856, Anna Amelia in 1858, George Hay Ringgold in 1860, Violet Eloise in 1862, and Corinne Lillian in 1864. Francis Hinton was named after a business partner. Thomas Whaley Jr. suffered from scarlet fever at 18 months and died on January 29, 1858. Gosh, that's really sad. So much for having a junior. I know. That's. I guess that's what makes it so sad because he's like the one kid that was supposed to bring like you know legacy to the family and keep it going. Mm, he lost so young. That's sad. Also, I literally just had a, a cup of hot chocolate before we started doing this. I don't know why I did that because I feel like I'm gonna get a little flimmy in a little bit. <laughs> so because I also had marshmallows. <laughs> After the death of baby Thomas and the loss by fire of their store, Thomas and Anna moved to San Francisco. In January 1859, Whaley turned his affairs in Old Town over to Frank Ames, a Wells Fargo agent. In the summer of 1868, 
Thomas invested some of his new capital of stock in merchandise and headed back to San Diego. Thomas fixed up the old Whaley house, and Anna and the rest of the family arrived back home to San Diego on December 12, 1868. On January 5, 1882, Violet Eloise Whaley and Anna Amelia Whaley were both married in old San Diego. Violet married George T. Bertolacchi, and Anna Amelia wed her first cousin, John T. Whaley, son of Henry Hurst Whaley, inside the family home. <laughs> well, that's, I guess that's one way to keep, keep it in the, the family. family. Legacy. <laughs> My gosh, that I did not know because I was just researching. I did not know that. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess like it wasn't that uncommon back then. It wasn't as weird as it is now. No. And I mean, at least she didn't have to go through a name change. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad y'all can't see our faces. I know. <laughs> Unfortunately for Violet, just sort just shortly after the nuptials, her and her new husband revealed to her in a letter his sordid past. Bertolacchi vowed to prove his worthiness, but Mr. and Mrs. Whaley would try to sever all contact. Suffering from melancholy, Violet committed suicide by shooting herself in the chest with Thomas's thirty-two caliber on August 19, 1885. She was then 22 years of age, and her suicide note read, Mad from life's history, swift to death, death's mystery, glad to be hurled anywhere, anywhere out of this world. The suicide note is a passage from Bridge of Sighs, a poem by Thomas Hood. This particular poem is also offered up by Edgar Allan Poe as an example of painting with words. He spoke of it, and it was referenced in his published works during his lectures. That's sad. Two kids <laughs> down. I know. <laughs> Four. I know. You said it was too many. Um, well, I also don't think that they're, we're not done yet. I'm just letting you know that, <laughs> like, because I'm pretty Two down, four to go. We're, we're going to keep going, but I'm pretty sure the deaths also keep going. So anyways, <laughs> Corinne Lillian was engaged at the time of her sister's death, but her fiance broke off the engagement due to the scandal it raised. After these tragic events, Thomas Whaley built a single-story frame home for his family at 933 State Street in downtown San Diego, and the family moved into the new residence, leaving the Whaley house vacant for over two decades. Francis Whaley married Susan E. Murray in Mendocino, California, on December 31, 1888. On December 14, 1890, Thomas Whaley died due to ill health at the State Street address. Anna Amelia Whaley died in Modesto, California on December 12th, 1905. Told you. The Three death. down. I Three to go. <laughs> I told you. Well, and that also includes... Um, no, I'm just counting the children. But. Okay, because Thomas Whaley has also now died. <laughs> so, Meanwhile, the old Whaley house remained vacant and fell into disrepair. In late 1909, Francis Whaley undertook the restoration of the building and turned the home into a tourist attraction where he posted signs promoting its historicity and entertained visitors with his guitar. Anna Whaley, Thomas's widow, Corinne Lillian, Francis, and George all lived in the old Whaley house in 1912. On February 24th, 1913, Anna died at 80 years of age. That is a long time to live back then. Yeah. Like, good lord. <laughs> 
A year later, Francis Whaley died on November 19, 1914. George Whaley died on January 5, 1928 in San Diego, and Corinne Lillian Whaley continued residency in the house until her death in 1953. So she's the last Yeah, she's, yeah. After this history of success and deaths, the Whaley house remains well known as a haunted house. It is said that guests and the staff from time to time will catch a glimpse of the ghost of a Whaley family member who died inside the house, such as baby Thomas Jr., Violet, Anna, Francis, George, or Corinne Lillian Whaley. So that's... So I guess it's just the people who died there, so not obviously Thomas Whaley himself. Yeah. Because he did not... He died at the State Street residence. But everybody else, once, I guess once dad died, they moved back in yeah. with their families. That's weird, though. I want to, I, I really am curious to keep going because I want to know, like, how you see the baby. I mean, he maybe, maybe he cries. Maybe you just hear a baby crying, you know? I don't know. I don't know. We'll keep going. <laughs> the Whaley House is located in the Old Town neighborhood of San Diego. The historic house opened as a museum on May 25, 1960, managed by the San Diego Historical Shrine Foundation, a nonprofit organization formed in 1956 and led by James E. Reading and June A. Strudwick Reading. June Strudwick Reading served as the director of the Whaley House Museum from 1960 until her death in January 1998. The Whaley House has been maintained by Save Our Heritage Organization, SOHO, since 2000. Since 2007, a live-in caretaker has lived on the property to prevent theft and vandalism. The two-story Greek Revival House was designed by Thomas Whaley himself, and construction began on May 6, 1856. Completed in 1857, the cost of the house was more than $10,000. It was made from bricks created in Whaley's Brickyard on Condé Street. The house was the first of its kind in San Diego. Thomas Whaley said, My new house, when completed, will be the handsomest, most comfortable and convenient place in town or within 150 miles of here. Whaley's new house was known as the finest in Southern California. The house was furnished with mahogany and rosewood furniture, Brussels carpets, and damask drapes and was considered a mansion for its time and place. The residence became the gathering place for San Diego. Besides being the Whaley family home, it was also San Diego's first commercial theater, the county courthouse, and a general store. In October 1868, an upstairs family bedroom was converted into a theater after Thomas Whaley rented the room out to the Tanner Troupe, a local theater troupe traveling through San Diego at the time. For the troupe's opening night performance, the small room accommodated a stage, a few benches, and an astonishing 150 guests, although it was mostly standing room only, and ladies had been advised not to wear their hoop skirts or petticoats that evening to allow for more room. The operator of the theater, Thomas Tanner, died just 17 days after opening, and his troupe had disbanded by the end of January 1869. The Whaley House also served as the county courthouse in 1869, For $65 a month, the County of San Diego leased the courtroom and three of the upstairs bedrooms. Another part of the Whaley House history was the Whaley and Crosswaith General Store, which was a wholesale and retail store. 
In the 1860s and 1870s, the house became the focal point of a battle between Old Town residents and residents of Newtown, which is current downtown, for dominance of San Diego. The San Diego County government had been renting a portion of Whaley House for its offices and records. Whaley offered several times to sell the house to the county, but the offer was ignored. Newtowners demanded that the county offices and records be moved to Newtown. The issue dominated local elections, with Republicans favoring Newtown while Democrats favored Old Town. They were conflicting court orders. At one point, the local sheriff was ordered to seize Whaley House, but refused. A judge ordered the removal of three supervisors from the Board of Supervisors, and another judge tried to appoint three other men to the post. After several years of court battles, the California Supreme Court ordered the reinstatement of the three original supervisors, who ordered that the county records be moved to Newtown. Despite threats of armed resistance from the Old Towners, the records were moved on March 31, 1871, effectively shifting the focus of the city to Newtown. So, the Republicans got their way. <laughs> now we're going on to the ghost of the Whaley House. It is believed that the family members who have died in the Whaley House still roam its halls to this day. There have also been stories of other spectral tenants that have moved in with the Whaley's. But are these stories rooted in history or rooted in fiction? The Ballad of Yankee Jim Yankee Jim Robinson had a reputation of being a troublemaker in San Diego. He was a drunk and a horse thief and was just about despised by everyone in town. Everyone was itching to get rid of him once and for all, and it seems their chance had finally arrived. In 1852, Jim and two accomplices attempted to steal the Plutus, a schooner ship. Although, Jim stated later on that he merely wanted to borrow it. The three men were subsequently captured, and Jim suffered a head injury from a rusty sword. The men awaited trial. Jim was given no representation and was suffering from a debilitating fever from his head injury. His two accomplices were each sentenced to one year in prison. Troublemaker, drunk, and thief Yankee Jim was sentenced to the gallows. It is rumored that the tree where Jim was hanged was the same plot of land where the Whaley House would end up being built on, and it is rumored that Thomas Whaley witnessed the execution. Nevertheless, reports have claimed a presence in the house where Jim was supposedly hanged. Even the Whaley fam family themselves have made similar claims. He would torment the living by leaving footprints, stomping on the floor, and making chilling noises throughout the abode. Could it be that even in death, Yankee Jim still stirred up trouble? Could Jim have cursed the family for treading on grounds where he died by unjust means? I mean, if Thomas Whaley did witness, did actually witness the it still built his house there? I mean, maybe it was a nice piece of property. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. The Legend of Annabelle Washburn. Another story comes from the mouth of a former Whaley House employee. People have reported seeing the apparition of a little girl in the dining room. The employee claims it is the spirit of Annabelle Washburn, a playmate of the Whaley children. The story goes that while she was playing outside, Anna ran into a low-hanging clothesline, breaking her neck. Thomas then found her and placed her in the dining room table where she died. Yet no record of the incident or the child is known to exist. So if Annabelle Washburn never existed, who's haunting the dining room? That's a shitty way to die. 
I know. <laughs> I'm just running, having a good time. And Do you know what it reminds me of? What was it? First of all, okay, there's two things. There's two movies that it, that, that reminds me of. And one is my one of my favorite, like, group of movies that aren't series of movies, the Wrong Turn movies. Mm-hmm. One of them, there is, I think it's like the third or the fourth one. <laughs> They're running through the woods away from, because I don't know if you know Wrong Turn movies, but they are about a bunch of... Um, so to speak, hillbillies, inbred hillbillies in West Virginia. And they are hunting people, basically, because that's what they eat. So one of the people who take a wrong turn, and they're in the woods now, and they're lost, he's running through the woods, and he hits, he steps on a, like a piece of wood, and it brings up like a whole thing, and it's, it's wires all through, it's wires all through the piece of wood, and it just cuts him into like six pieces and it is the funniest awful use of cgi i have ever seen in my (laughs) life but i swear those are my favorite movies and then the other one is i think in your next do you know that movie Mm, i don't think so oh my god i love that movie there's one okay i'm pretty sure it happened in your next she was getting ready to run outside i don't want to spoil the movie because the ending is glorious. If you haven't seen it, you need to see your next. <laughs> I love the movie. <laughs> She's running out the door. And I guess the killer put a clothesline, like a really thin clothesline. And foof, chops her head off. The entire head. And the use of CGI in that movie is way better than wrong turn. But, you know. <laughs> I just, that's what it reminds me of. And, okay, you're talking, she must, she had to have been a child. Like, why was so the... so obviously she's a child so how low was this freaking clothing maybe line had like a double liner maybe like a high one and then like a low one for like small things maybe and she was just tall enough and she was just but she just broke idiot. her neck though that's like so hit it threw it back whiplash i don't know it's i i there's thought, not even I, a record i always thought that it was really hard to die from just breaking your neck it depends on which bone you break. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> but, yeah, that reminds me of those two movies, so. <laughs> Tenants and Tragedy. While in San Francisco, the Whaley's had three more children, George, Violet, and Corinne. Thomas began setting up stores in Alaska while the family stayed behind. After a massive earthquake struck San Francisco, Thomas and the family returned to a disheveled and empty Whaley house in 1868. He proceeded to set up another store on the first floor while renting out rooms on the second floor to a theater troupe and what would become the San Diego Courthouse. The Whaley House hosted a double wedding for both Anna and Violet in 1882. However, Violet's husband abandoned her two weeks later. Stricken with heartbreak and humiliation, Violet shot herself in the heart with Thomas's pistol. Thomas promptly moved the family to another house where he would die in 1890. The remaining family moved back to the Whaley House in 1912. Thomas's wife Anna and their son Francis would die in the old family home in 1913 and 1914, respectively. Corinne continued to live in the house until her death in 1953. Not helping matters is the fact that the Whaley House was built upon an old cemetery. The Whaleys long maintained that they heard footsteps in the house with passerbys corroborating Whaley's claims by reporting apparitions in the home's windows from the streets. During the house's later periods of restoration, 
workers and visitors claim to hear strange, unexplained sounds, sights, and even smells. Most felt a powerful presence whenever inside the residence. Further adding to the spine-tingling tales is that of young baby Thomas Jr. He is said to cry down the Whaley House's halls, giggle in the distance, and if listening closely, you can even hear the tiny patter of infant footsteps. And that is where I would be leaving that house. because ghost babies. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care about the crying. I The giggling, maybe, I might have an issue with. But if I hear some little baby ass, little footsteps running <laughs> across the damn floor, my white ass is gone. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I don't do ghost babies no. at all. No giggles, no crying, nothing. A young woman has been reported on numerous occasions to inhabit the second floor of the house. This ghost is widely believed to be that of young Violet Whaley, still saddened over her broken sham of a marriage. Her longing to linger on the second floor is attributed to the fact that she often locked herself away in her room after her marriage fell apart. Cold spots are frequent throughout the mansion, believed to be Violet's doing as well. The stairwells within the residence have been mentioned by many to be the wandering area area for thomas anna and other poltergeists thomas is often seen sporting his trademark top hat and coat while looking down from the top of the stairs so i guess he is haunting the house too yeah because i mean he built it and his family lived there right and he was probably like uh no (laughs) i'm going back and we're all gonna haunt this house (laughs) the more the merrier yeah so, I mean, I guess, like, just the fact that he had his own legacy there was, like, enough for his presence to still be there. Yeah. So. I wonder where he was buried. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know where any of them were buried. Like, it doesn't It doesn't say. I mean, if it was built on an old cemetery and the property is big enough, you would think that they would maybe have, like, their own cemetery since, you know, all of them died. Almost all of them died on that property. What, all of them but Thomas himself, right? Um, yeah, because his wife came back with the kids, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah, she came back with the kids, and then they all died. Yeah. So, you would think that there would be enough room on the property for their own like family cemetery, pretty much. That's what I would assume. Yeah. That's what I would do if, you know, I had a big family like that and I had the property and we all died on there. I'd be like, no, we're just going to, we're going to make our own family cemetery. I wonder what goes into making your own cemetery or like digging a hole. Listen, I don't know if you need like permits to bury a dead body or something. Oh, yeah, probably. You know, like now, right, <laughs> now you do. Right. You know, like like churches have cemeteries, some of them, most of them. I would assume that they need that they would have like a permit. You know what I mean? Of some kind to be like, yes, you can bury a body here <laughs> and not get in like legal trouble because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Okay, it's interesting to add that many people have detected the scent of French perfume permeating the house, a favorite of Anna's that she often wore. Serving to cement the house's hauntings are several sightings of physical objects being manipulated on their own, such as the music room's chandelier, which will swing back and forth at will 
when no wind is present. Lights will turn on and off without explanation too, and there is frequently the presence of an odd mist that seems to linger. The events surrounding the Whaley House are indeed sad and heartbreaking. One has to wonder if Thomas having the home built on top of a cemetery and execution site is to blame for the tragedies that seem to follow the family all of their collective lives. It cannot be denied that any happiness and joy the family had was fleeting at best. Their lives were filled with near-constant sorrow and despair. So well-known are these tragic lives that the ghost hunters and thrill-seekers flock to its location every year in order to attempt to catch a glimpse of one of the long-dead Whaley's. Today, the residence serves as a museum that is open to the public. There, people can get a first-hand look at the house that was meant to be the Whaley's forever home. Instead, it turned out to be forever haunted by the Whaley's. So look it up. They are all, well, the two that came up for Thomas Whaley and Thomas Whaley Jr. are worried in, like, Good Hope Cemetery or something like that. Is it in San Diego? Yeah. Okay. But they're in, like, their own cemetery. Like, it's not on the property. Oh, okay. And tickets are, like, $95. For the museum? Yeah, that's, like, when I was looking on the page to look to see if it said where they're buried, I glanced it said, like, $95. That's a lot for a museum. But then again, I guess it is California. Like, you know. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's a little ridiculous. Especially when, like, we've oh. seen. But then one of them says 13. Oh, I guess it would just. Maybe it depends on, like, the type of tour that yeah. you want to do. Oh, yeah, it's 13. Okay. It must have been, like, an overnight thing. Ah. Participate mm. in a paranormal investigation. Okay, that makes more sense because there was one. Yeah. Remember the one house? There was one house that we did like in Virginia or somewhere up there, and it was the same price for like overnight stays and stuff. Yeah. So that makes sense. Stay over there. And a lot of the paranormal investigators probably stay over. Do They probably do that so they can catch a glimpse. Okay, but the last two sentences though, <laughs> or the last Forever sentence. Haunted. I know. That's so sad. <laughs> that was just like very bleak. It's like it was supposed to be their forever home, but now it's just forever haunted by them. That's sad. I mean, I guess it is their forever home. Oh, you know what? You're right. That yeah. Yeah, if you think of it that way, <laughs> it is, I guess. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I like I said, I I liked this story. I know this story. Uh, or I knew this story like before and I I really like it. It's just sad. It's um, more depressing than anything, especially because some of them killed themselves and then, you know, the baby dies and then it yeah. looks, it seems like the rest of them just kind of died of old age. So or just like being ill health. Right. So, oh well. But yeah, that is the story of the Whaley House you guys um, my resources for this story is sdghost.com wikipedia and ghostcitytours.com so if you're in san diego and you have ever done the tour or been to the museum you should let us know and send us pictures because that would be cool to see yeah that would be really cool maybe we can you know, make a trip out there one day. I don't want to go to California. <laughs> I don't want to go to California either. It's too expensive out there. <laughs> no. It's so expensive. And then you have to like turn your power off and you can only wash your clothes at certain times. And I know. I know. 
I don't even I, I, I don't even want to like apologize for saying that because you Californians know that it's expensive out there. Mm-hmm. Like every person I've ever talked to from California, like, yeah, it's expensive. It's like, yeah, it is. <laughs> yep. So it's a lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. You I feel like most people in California, most majority are like they either were born there and they grew up there and so they're used to it because i feel like people just don't move out to california like they the only people who do are seeking fame right and they now just don't move but to now california. most most of the time now people are going to new york for that you know i guess yeah i mean i've, I've i think people can you can go to new york now too and find some help some fame if you really wanted to yeah i mean it's not like you go to California to start. You're supposed to start small. I mean, it and is. And work your way up. <laughs> it's not like New York is any cheaper, but, you know. Yeah. I feel like in New York, you can live outside the city a lot cheaper, just travel in. But, like, everywhere around yeah, like, there's, San Francisco and Hollywood is expensive everywhere. Right. And unless you are planned on living, like, three hours from the city. Yeah. Then you're pretty much, like, done. You're, you're just stuck and the expensive part of you know town but then again i don't i don't know a city in california that is cheap compared to like us here you know what i mean like i wouldn't imagine about the big cities right i wouldn't imagine that any i think northern california is cheaper yeah maybe i don't know because there's like mostly just small towns yeah the farther north you go maybe I don't know. I've never been to California. I don't plan on it. So (laughs) tell us if we're wrong. We probably are. Yeah. But I mean, oh, well. So, okay. Well, that was the story of the Whaley house. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Yep. Thank you. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for coming to hang out with us and letting us tell you stories. Don't forget, you can find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram at 3AM Tales of Terror. You can find pictures from each episode there, as well as our website, three, the number three, 3AM Tales of Terror dot com. You can also subscribe with your email at our website for updates as well. If you have any questions or story ideas for us, you can email us at info at 3amtalesofterror.com. That's a three and not the word. If you want to support us, you can sign up to become part of our Patreon. There you will get ad-free episodes as well as bonus content. We hope you'll join us next week. And And we we hope hope you are terrified. terrified.